Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the... Kennedy Dynasty. Kennedy Dynasty podcast. My mom's the host. <laughs> That's right. And I wanted to ask you, do you know what my podcast is about? No. You just said her name a minute ago. Jackie Kennedy? Jackie Kennedy. And do you know who else? Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, President <laughs> Kennedy. You've learned about the presidents in school, right? Yeah. This is my oldest daughter, and she's so smart and so wonderful, and I'm so excited to have her introing the podcast today. Do you want to tell everybody what your favorite color is? Orange, red, and black. That's right. Good combo. And tell me what your favorite animal is. Lions, tigers, and cheetahs. What do you want to be when you grow up? I have three things. Okay. A hairstylist, my own company called Build It, and then... Um, I want to work as a restaurant as a waiter. I love that. You like to build stuff for it, don't you? Uh-huh. What'd you build today? A car. Out of what? Cardboard. That's right. You're my smarty arty. Um, do you want to start our first segment? First up, our in the new segment. Thank you very much for introing. Good job. High five. Well, you just heard the cutest intro ever by one of my daughters. She has wanted to be on the podcast for a while, and she's out of school on fall break this time. So I was like, absolutely, you can record the intro. So that was very exciting for her, and I hope you enjoyed it. I am back. Long time no talk, you guys. And I am so sorry it's been so long, but I've been insanely busy, but in a really good way. So we're wrapping up filming on Agent Number 9, have a few more shoots of that, and then we headed to post-production, which is very exciting. And then what else have I been doing? Oh, I just got back from the Presidential Site Summit with the White House Historical Association, which I'm a next-gen leader through. If you follow me on Instagram, which you should, Allison L. Holland, then... You can follow along all of my journey of production and um, next-gen stuff and still Kennedy Dynasty stuff. All the things are there. So go check it out because we got to do a lot of really neat things. But this year, specifically, the best part for me was that we got to go to the White House for a reception. Um, Dr. Biden spoke to all of us. And then we had hors d'oeuvres and wine. And we were able to just kind of walk around the White House and go in all the rooms. And, no, I say all the rooms. I mean, main floors. Um, but go in the blue room and the green room and the red room and East Room and all of these amazing rooms just kind of as we pleased, which was really, really neat and just kind of a pinch me moment a little bit. So it was wonderful. Go check out my pictures on my Instagram at Allison L. Holland. Along with that, I have very exciting news that you would have seen if you follow me on Instagram, but Lisa McCubbin Hill and I have partnered together to create our own production company called Holland Hill Productions. We are very, very excited to be doing this together. We just click so well and we get each other and we just know that this is what we're supposed to do and we're supposed to work together. And our overall goal for this production company is to bring history to life through stories of courage, humanity, and unexpected heroes. 
we have a few projects already in the works, which is very exciting. But um, so you'll have to stay tuned for that. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Holland Hill Productions to keep up and see what we have coming out. Now, let's finally get to that in the news segment that my daughter was talking about. It's a good one this week. Big news story of the past seven days. I am so excited to share with you guys that Ashton Gleckman's series, Kennedy, is premiering on the History Channel starting November 18th to mark the 60th anniversary of President John F. Kennedy's assassination. And this is an eight-part documentary series, and it's incredible, guys. Ashton, you've heard from him before. He's a director, friend of mine, and he is the director of Agent Number 9, which I'm producing about the life of Clint Hill as well. So we work very closely together, and his series, Kennedy, is absolutely amazing guys you are going to want to mark your calendars to not miss this i'm telling you also i was a consulting producer on the project which is very exciting that i was a little part of it so history channel will air the first three episodes of kennedy on november 18th followed by the three episodes on november 19th and the final two on november 20th again you don't want to miss it watch it live along with me i'm sure i'll be insta storing it and i'm just so excited and so happy for ashton and what this is for him. So, very exciting. Next up for our inspiring clip of the week. One of the inspiring notes. Here's a clip of JFK speaking to a group of Protestant ministers about the separation of church and state. Pretty neat. This was in 1960. I believe in an America where the separation of church and state is absolute. Where no Catholic prelate would tell the president, should he be Catholic, how to act. And no Protestant minister would tell his parishioners for whom to vote. When no church or church school is granted any public funds or political preference. And when no man is denied public office merely because his religion differs from the president who might appoint him or the people who might elect him. I believe in an America that is officially neither Catholic, Protestant, nor Jewish where no public official either requests or accepts instructions on public policy from the Pope, the National Council of Churches, or any other ecclesiastical source. When no religious body seeks to impose its will, directly or indirectly, upon the general populace or the public acts of its officials, and where religious liberty is so indivisible that an act against one church is treated as an act against all. And for our recommendation segment. Of course, then we would recommend it. This week, I'm recommending the book called Kennedy Weddings by Jay Mulvaney. So click the link in the description of this episode to get your own copy. Let's get to our episode. This week, we're going to talk about the wedding of JFK and Jackie, which, of course, I've talked about it vaguely in different episodes, talking about their relationship or even talking about Jackie's wedding gown, you know, different things like that. But we're going to, like, really dive into their wedding this week because it was just recently on September 12th, the 70th anniversary of their wedding day, which is incredible. So our sources today are JFK Library, Life, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Biography, Express, and that is it. So let's get started. 
So as we talked about recently, in June of 1953, the Saturday Evening Post published an article about JFK entitled The Senate's Gay Young Bachelor. But by September 12th of the same year, Senator Kennedy was a bachelor no more as he married once-engaged socialite Jacqueline Lee Bouvier following a short engagement two years after they were first introduced by Charles Bartlett at a dinner party at his home in Georgetown. Which, side note, if you haven't done the Georgetown Kennedy tour, I know I've talked about it before, but it's so good. You can kind of like just walk one or two streets of houses in Georgetown, which is so amazing and perfect this time of year, by the way. Fall is chef's kiss in Georgetown. So anyway, just do like Google Kennedy walking tour Georgetown and you can see all of the houses that they lived in from early marriage on through even the house that Jackie lived in after the assassination. So it's just a lot of Kennedy history in Georgetown. Check it out. As I said, this year marks the 70th anniversary of their wedding, which saw the union of two wealthy Catholic American dynasties. But despite Jackie's hopes for a small wedding, 800 guests were in attendance at the ceremony, which took place at 11 a.m. at St. Mary's Roman Catholic Church in Newport, Rhode Island. It was conducted by Archbishop Cushing, a friend of the Kennedy family, and a special blessing by Pope Pius XII was read, and a rendition of Ava Maria was performed by Luigi Vina as Jackie walked down the aisle, and a further 2,000 adoring fans stood outside the church to watch the newlyweds leave. Now, this wedding was star-studded. Among the 800 guests were diplomats, senators, movie stars, socialites. Joe Kennedy saw the event as an opportunity to extend his son's political reach and establish the couple formally as an iconic, all-American, future POTUS, and first lady. Now, they had big, huge wedding parties, too. Senator Kennedy had 14 groomsmen, including Bobby Kennedy as best man and Ted Kennedy, Sergeant Shriver, Joe Gargan, Michael Canfield, Lynn Billings, Red Fay. Torbert McDonald, George Smathers, and Charles Bartlett as ushers. Jackie's matron of honor was her sister Lee, obviously, and she had 11 bridesmaids, which included Ethel Kennedy, Jean Kennedy Smith, and Nancy Tuckerman. She had a flower girl, her half-sister Janet Auchincloss, and a page boy, her half-brother James Auchincloss. But as we've covered before, but we'll cover again, events in the immediate run-up of the ceremony did not go as planned. Firstly, Jack had injured himself playing football the night before his wedding. So he turned up to the ceremony with scratches on his face. I would be so annoyed (laughs) for the photos if that was my husband. But anyway, Jackie's father, John Bouvier, was supposed to walk her down the aisle, but he had spent the night before the wedding drinking and he didn't turn up to the ceremony. Womp womp. He was transported back to New York in an ambulance. And in the end, her stepfather, Hugh D. Auchincloss, gave her away. The guests were just told that John Bouvier had come down with the flu. Which, his name is John, but he goes by Jack Black, as we all know. Which, this is really sad for Jackie, too. Let's remember, because she was very close to her father, so it was very hard for him not to walk her down the aisle. But she was also very, very close to Hugh Auchincloss, so it's not like it was, I'm sure, a total loss for her, because she obviously loved him as well. But, I mean, it's not her father, and that was devastating for her. And in addition to all this, Jackie's dress was ruined when a pipe burst in designer Ann Lowe's studio, which if you remember this, we've talked about this with Rachel Birchfield a while back. Love her. Shout out Rachel Birchfield. She came on and talked all about Ann Lowe and the dress and the designing, and it's a really one of my favorite episodes. So go back and listen to it if you haven't already. So the dress was ruined. This pipe burst. 
And Anne, who's an African-American dressmaker who had been commissioned by Jackie's mother and whose clientele included families such as the Roosevelt's and the Rockefellers, managed to recreate Jackie and her bridesmaids' dresses within five days at a personal loss of $2,200, though she was not given credit for her work, which we have talked about in that episode that I was just referring to. Anne Lowe is so inspiring, and her story is just absolutely incredible by the way so look her up too if you just don't know a lot about Anne Lowe because she's remarkable but Jackie had to contend with the fact that she didn't even like her dress <laughs> she had apparently hoped for kind of a simple design and she really liked French designers but Joe Kennedy who was the one that covered the cost of the wedding insisted in something grander and something that was produced by an American designer because he didn't want to alienate voters so the final gown was made up of ivory silk, a fitted bodice, and an embellished bouffant skirt, which was made from 50 yards of fabric. And as, we, as we've covered before, Jackie said that it made her feel like she was a lampshade. But it was absolutely stunning, as we all know. Maybe she was just feeling something more Carolyn Bosset's gown. I don't know. Jackie's dress was paired with her something old strand of family pearls and a diamond leaf pin, which she had been given by the Kennedy family. Her something borrowed was a rose point lace veil, which had belonged to her grandmother, and which she paired with orange blossoms and a lace tiara. Her something new was a diamond and pearl bracelet, which has been gifted to her by JFK the night before the wedding. Maybe he was apologizing for the football scratches on his face. I don't know. <laughs> but the pearl bracelet would make up for it. Oh, and diamonds. Diamonds heal everything. She carried a bouquet of pink and white orchids and gardenias. The ceremony was then followed by a reception at Hammersmith Farm, which is the Auchincloss's estate, which it was attended by 1,200 guests. John and Jackie spent two hours shaking the hands of their guests before guests even sat down for a three-course meal, which included a fruit salad, cream chicken, and ice cream, and before the four-foot-tall, five-tier raspberry and vanilla cake from Plortus Bakery was cut, which, by the way, you can order their wedding cake. Jeffrey ordered it for me for our anniversary one time, and it was delicious. You can literally look up the company, and they will bake and send you Jack and Jackie's wedding cake, and it's... I don't know. It's a really neat experience to like try try the recipe. So it's delicious. Fun fact. Maybe give that as a gift to a Kennedy lover in your life. Jack and Jackie's first dance was accompanied by the song I Married an Angel, which was performed by Myers Davis and his orchestra, who had also performed at Jackie's parents' wedding and who would later go on to perform at President Kennedy's inaugural ball. So he was a fave. The wedding, which was photographed by freelancer Arthur Burgess and Life Magazine's reporter Lisa Larson, was described by one guest as being just like a coronation, while it has also been dubbed the wedding of the century. I did a post recently on Instagram of like some of the most rare photos from the wedding that I could find, ones that I hadn't seen as often, and I, it actually got shared a lot. I think a lot of people agreed that it was um, uh, some rare wedding photos, so go back and check out my Instagram if you want to see those. So after the wedding was done, the newlyweds spent their honeymoon in Acapulco. I can never say this properly. It's Acapulco? Acapulco? I sound stupid. You know exactly what I'm saying. In Mexico and Santa Barbara, California. The suite that they stayed in in Santa Barbara has since been renamed the Kennedy Cottage. So there is your wedding rundown. I just, I love a good wedding. And obviously this was the wedding of the century. So it had to be covered. And I mean, gosh, 70 
years ago, the anniversary just made sense. All right, that's all I've got for you guys. Again, thank you for putting up with me being kind of sketchy with putting out my episodes. I'm not putting them out as regularly as I normally obviously would, but production schedules and everything's been kind of crazy. So I appreciate you guys bearing with me during this crazy season of my life. I'm hoping to get a little more regular with the schedule soon. And again, follow along with my journey. I think I've said, I mean, drink every time Allison says Instagram, good Lord. I've said it like 500 times, but that's just the best way to keep up with me because I post there fairly regularly and you can kind of be like, like, if you're like, where the hell's Allison? Why has she not posted a podcast in forever? Then you can go to my Instagram and find out, oh, she's in wherever. She's traveling. She's working on this project. So anyway, keep up there. Make sure you visit my merch shop. Get your cozy sweatshirts for the winter and fall. Go on and get your Christmas gifts for your Kennedy-loving family and friends. And um, also, while you're buying them gifts, spread the word about the podcast. Share it on your socials. Word of mouth is great. Do all the good things. Also, if you love the podcast, please rate it five stars and write a positive written review. That helps the show so much. Helps other people find it. It's like tipping your waiter. It's the kind thing to do. I hope you have a lovely rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.